Good morning, good morning, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. I'm Dr. Jacinta C.K. We're airing live every Friday from 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 p.m. Inter- Eastern Standard Time, and 6 p.m. GMT. You can also catch us on Sirius XM, powered by Genius Music. Times are provided on strategicladies.com and on Bid Chat on Sundays at 6 p.m. We're always bringing relationship information and strategy from our guests and in our research. Our show will always give you a generational perspective and real-world opinions. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Stella. Welcome to the show. Uh, we have an exciting, uh, fun show for you today. and it, We have a guest today, and his name is Charles Glenn, commonly known as The Bases. The base man, the base Base king, king. king. and um, he's going to talk a little bit about how legendary artists like himself build relationships to reinvent themselves in this music industry. We know that the music industry has changed dramatically, right? Definitely so. Yes, yes. and it's interesting to understand how that change has um, has uh, you know affected people who are artists that have been out a while like him. Exactly. So um, with that said, let, we're going to talk a little bit before we go into that. We're going to talk about how we're doing in our mindful check. So Jay, yes. how are you doing, my friend, my daughter? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful, Mom. <laughs> She's not telling you guys everything. Be honest, Jay. Um, I'm doing okay. You know what? I have to look at the positive things. The baby's almost here, and the sun is shining, so I will stay on positive and say I'm doing great. How about you? Um, yeah, I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I um, have, um, you know, yeah, I'm getting into being a mom again. You know, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, if you guys don't know, Jay is very, very near pregnant, and she's um, actually in, in the hospital for the last few uh weeks of the pregnancy so i've had to be a mom not a grandma and you know being a grandma is so easy <laughs> being a mom with three kids you know i had one right so it was, it's um been very very interesting interesting journey uh, i i will say uh but it's been great because i think i've really bonded with my my grand i know i'm and, so proud of her everybody and, um, like she's turned from grandma to yeah, it's, grandma. Yeah, it's like it's amazing. You know, it's like, you know, they even had me filming. Um, it was so funny. They had us filming um, uh, a tantrum. My other granddaughter, who is the great, <laughs> great artist and photographer, and she um, filmed uh, um, <laughs> a tantrum and me saying a word wrong. It was very funny. I was trying to say hyena, and I said hyena or something. I don't even know. And so they they t- taped it, and, and they're going to put it on uh, Instagram if you guys want to see it. Well, yeah, we have um, a comeback channel, family, comeback family, so... Uh, all of our funny videos go on there. We'll give you. We'll put it on Strategic Lady. So oh, if you guys right. ever want to see, why are you acting like a hyena? I'm like, oh god, I lost it. And they were all crazy. Where's a hyena, Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, he's. And I was just a lot. You had to be there, but you'll see it in a lot. But anyway, <laughs> so it's been interesting. But other than that, I'm doing great. Um, you know, I'm excited to get to reach out to you. Last week we we had to uh, have recording, so it's good to be back live to this week. Yeah. So, so today I wanted to, you know, this whole concept of reinventing yourself doesn't just happen in the music industry, and and I know I've had to do that. You know, when, as I as I age, it's not so much the aging process; it's the toleration of things that you do that you tolerated when you were younger that you can't tolerate now. You refuse to. Mm-hmm. So I've had to reinvent reinvent myself as well. How do you feel? Do you feel like? That happens even at younger ages, or do you th- I think sometimes I think you know I I feel like you you go through sometimes a a change, especially if you're not happy within a situation as far as like work, you know, um, to change positions in general, you're going to have to reinvent yourself to be a different, not necessarily a different person, but 
have a different scope of thinking. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because I think when many times people think, oh, I'm older now, I have to reinvent it. But you kind of are all through life going through it, kind yeah. of reinventing. Um, but there are some things that, you know, I read about and that show you exactly how you're supposed to go through this change. And they call it now, the big word is transformation, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all transforming, which is true. It's true. a big transformation into our lives. But one of the things um, they said that um, to really ask yourself, do you really want to change? That's the truth. Do you? I mean, I mean, that's something you have to think about before you even start. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think many people um, say they want to change and are, you know, I have a relative now that, is in the process oh. of, of, of trying to reinvent. He's trying to reinvent himself and he hasn't gone through the steps to do it, but he thinks a change is going to automatically happen. Yes. And on that note, here's another one. What about wake up early? Yeah, I think, wow. Waking up early. Yeah. I think, um, I'm was different. Go, go ahead. What do you think? Right. I, well, I'm a super super early person. So, and I'm you also know, a late have, late late night person. We have a disease of called the Chavis <laughs> Chavis not sleep disease. So we'll be up like all night and all day. We're like vampires unintentionally. So um, I'm definitely a morning person more so than night though. And I think that's a problem. I know when you're talking for a mindful life, uh, mindful sleep is important. But I just <laughs> don't think we can work on that. We one. try. But you know, I get it. We, I think sometimes it's about the enough sleep for your own, your body. It's kind of like the bioindividuality that they preach in when you're eating. You have the same kind of motive when you're sleeping. Not everybody's going to have that eight hours to make them feel more refreshed. Yeah, I agree. The other thing they say is, you know, task priorities. Um, and I and I know that's important when you're reinventing yourself because many times we're trying to focus on things that we did before. Mm -hmm. And what is the priorities for what we're trying to do? Right. Exactly. Right, and that's the, that's important. She points at at me as as she says <laughs> as I say that. <laughs> well, that's true. I, I I really believe that because I think that if you keep looking backwards and all the stuff that necessarily didn't go right, or if you you focus on if you have too many things going on, your focus is going to be as scattered as your thoughts. So right. why you need to get to the point where even if you want to do all these great things. Focus on one at a time and do it the best you can so that you can move forward. So sometimes things take a little bit longer, but at least you'll have it to perfection. And I think those to-do lists and time management things that are out really help. They do. Mm -hmm. um, one of these, one of the things, another tip that we saw was um, um, attaching yourself to the right people. Now, this is one that t will probably take us into there. Are, just so you know, there are other tips you guys can, can use to uh, identify how to reinvent yourself, but these are just a few. But I tell you what, um, attaching yourself to the right people is so key oh my God. Um, in, in everything you do in life. Um, even, even, and one of the things on here also says find a mentor. And uh, Jay and I have found that in our, in growing our business and growing our, our media uh, arm, we have been really trying to focus on people that can really push us forward and, and really are invest in, invest in the cause. And that doesn't mean that you're only dealing with people who can help you, but dealing with people that support you. Because support, right. supports all kinds of ways, right? Financial, okay. um, mentally, physically, spiritually, those type of things. Right. Here's another one, learn. Um, attending workshops and webinars, and I think that's important because it, it, when you're reinventing yourself and it's something new, you do even. I mean, even now, even though we're doctors, you know, I'm never, I'm, I'm never at a point where I can't learn something new. Um, yeah, I think that that's something that you know. I think that you should always strive to learn. I agree. You know what? That that is the ultimate for me and whenever I have students and whenever they come to me and ask me you know should I go do this should I go to the next step should I do this we're gonna I'm like anything that's gonna teach you and learn that's how you become a critical thinker that's how you become understand what people if, if this alternative facts are true I mean you need <laughs> to understand and learn and, and read and research yourself to be uh, a critical thinker so. Agreed. So um, another thing they talked about, and it was probably get out of your comfort zone. Oh my God, so many people stay in that zone. I think it's easy. I think you know. I think sometimes it can be fear. 
um, what, you know, if you stay in the same, the same comfort zone and, and don't, that's where the question of, do you really want to change comes to play? Right. Because to change, you're going to have to break out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're point to the fear factor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess I've never had the fear to change. I know you're. I mean, you're going on mountain bikes either, and the trails and stuff. You don't have the fear to change. No. Don't talk about me. You don't either. <laughs> no, it's just fear. Yeah. yeah, we don't have that fear. I, I mean, I think that because I love to find new things out and and experience. I think life's about experiences, and if you don't have those experiences, you can't grow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and her eyebrows are a fleek to that. But yeah, um, <laughs> had to look at her eyebrows. I was looking over at her. Nice. Wonder brow. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna say it's so true. With us, it's something that I think is innately in us. Um, are wanting to not be afraid to change and not be afraid to get out of our comfort zone. For for those that are that it's not, um, go to some of these workshops, these retreats. They're very inspirational to push you to the next level. I just left a yoga retreat and we're gonna actually have our yoga faith uh, person on um, next week to talk about yoga and it, uh, and the wonderful things that it can do and for everyone uh, and and mindfulness and um but a lot of people were there and they had uh, openers and they opened and they awakened and they found who they were and what they wanted. So I think going to these retreats totally helps get you out of those zones. Exactly. Well, you know what, Mom, hold that thought. You know, we, we have this special guest that we're going to have on and we're so excited. You guys stay with us. Um, you can always call in at 310-928-7733. Again, that's 310 310- Nine two eight seven seven three three. We will be back with the Base King. See you guys in a bit.
For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Hello, hello, and welcome back, listeners, to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. Uh, We are excited because we have a dear friend of ours and a great Motown recording artist, Charles Glenn, uh, who is called the Bass King. And, um, you know, Charles goes without introduction. He's, you know, played with Ozone. He's played with Little Richard. I mean, Charles has played with the greatest. And he's founded a a group called Ozone and um, very popular uh, group. And they also were overseas, international. So, Charles. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Good. We're doing good. Doing good. good. So, so doing what's good. been going on? I know, you know, you um I I hear good news that Ozone may be trying to, you know, reinvent themselves and come back and I just wondered how what else is going on in your in your in your world? Well, yeah, that's what I'm spending a lot of time uh Reinventing the uh, Ozone 2, I call it, or the new Ozone. Uh, actually, it's just the Ozone band, but uh, I thought that I should do that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of shows out there and stuff for groups that, you know, from from that day, from the 80s and, and 90s and stuff, you know. So I thought I'd jump back in in the old school. But we are working on a new project at the same time, so. Yeah, yeah. So we want to hear more about that project too. So you know, that's really interesting. I love that you are bringing it back because you had such a. I mean, if anyone ever goes to um, uh, Soul Train and looks at uh, one of the, I think you were on Soul Train at one point, and yes. um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I love the the funk, right? The funk is not going mm-hmm. away. I mean, you know, uh, there are a few people who tried to back it back, like uh, our friend, um, the funk guy. Um, he tried to bring it back a little bit with modern Trish. Oh, from, from, oh, from, oh, uh, Mars. But I uh, love. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I love. So how does that ha- How is that happening? I mean, you're you're trying to come back and bring back funk and true funk. And and what? How are you doing that? How are you working to? Yeah. How are you working that? to reinvent them? <laughs> well, uh, one thing that I noticed is that uh, well, for sure we know that we still have a fan base because. People from my generation kind of, you know, besides Bruno, kind of feel like they don't have anything to listen to. So they look for, yeah, so they look for these shows and funk fest and stuff that's going on all over the place. And I mean, they're going on everywhere uh, where uh, there are promoters that are putting these shows together that have artists like ourselves and Cameos and and Zap and Lakeside and these groups, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a big market still open for it. Not to mention, uh, there's a lot of youth that like our music. Uh, we did a show not too long ago in uh, Santa Ana, California, and uh, it might ha- it was a club. It might have been, it was packed, 300, 400 people, uh, wow. pretty much a, a Latino uh, community, but... Uh, Everybody was from 21 to 30, 32 probably was the oldest. And they mm-hmm. knew every song. They knew every one of our songs that we played. Well, that's and amazing. All, yes, and all had Ozone albums for me to sign. I probably signed two. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that must feel really good, too. Well, you know, I have to be honest because I'm in that, that age. I'm a little bit older than the age range. But yeah. I have to agree that I'm pretty close. And I... I feel that music is back then was you know a lot better i mean i have to agree so i can see why (laughs) yeah it's just the truth i mean there was just it was just real music and and real lyrics and and people really playing with the instruments i think i think that's key too i think people are playing the instrument Mm -hmm. you know i love to hear the live instrument so tell us about how you started with ozone i know you started in tennessee give us a little background because i just you know i know you very well and we know you at mutual friends i want you to tell the listeners a little bit about how you got into music and how you formed ozone mm-hmm. uh well i started music uh <laughs> it was i guess i had a, a really weird start to music i was around six years old this is my mom's story by the way <laughs> oh, oh wow! 
I was around six years old, and uh, my mom takes me to Kmart with her. And she turns around and notices that I'm missing. So now I am the missing kid. And oh, no. she panics. She's, run, she's running out through the store. She doesn't know, have no clue where I am. And then she sees a whole crowd of people in the back of the Kmart. And she <laughs> freaks out. She says, oh, my God, something's happened to my son. And she gets back there. And I had, I had started playing drums. And I drew a whole crowd around me. So all these people were there watching me play drums. <laughs> so already <Yeah>. starts. <laughs> and so I guess that's where it all started, you know. I, I was just something about music, you know, it was tickling just my fancy, I guess. <laughs> wow. But, uh, uh, but then when I got a little older, uh, I had a, my best friend had gotten a guitar for Christmas. And... Uh, I mentioned to him, hey, if next Christmas I get a bass, we can have a band. And the next Christmas I did that. I got a bass. I learned how to play it pretty fast. It was almost like I was born to play it because I remember my very first song that I played on the bass was Papa Was a Rolling Stone by The Temptations. That's not an easy one to learn either. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, what was weird about it is is that the very first time I tried it, I actually was playing it. Yeah. So wow. I, just, I never had to learn how to play it. And it was kind of wow. weird. That was weird to me. You know, I was like, wow, I don't even have to learn how to play this. You know, it's kind of natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I continue to, uh, you know, keep playing. And I actually taught myself. So I am still taught, basically, by the way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how so how did Ozone form? Okay, so that was the start of me playing bass. Now Ozone got started. I was actually in a group called the Endeavors, mm, and okay. uh, the Endeavors was uh, like one of the top R and B funk groups locally in Nashville, Tennessee. When I was growing up, I was around uh, 14, 15 years old when I realized that this group was who they were. They had records in Nashville. They were, they did so many gigs and, and always was touring and stuff as a band. And everybody in the city knew about them. And one day they had a, uh, a car accident coming from, uh, one of the, one of the shows and the bass player got killed. Oh no. And I heard that. Yes. And I heard that report on the radio one uh, one night, uh, and it freaked me out. I said, wow, the bass player got killed. That's the little Mike, his name was. But for some reason, the first thing I thought about was, wow, I wonder if they're going to still have a band. They're going to need a bass player. And, of course, this was a band that was working. Uh, these guys were all 30s, 25, you know, 27, 28 years old um, and older. And I was 15. Oh, wow. <laughs> but for some reason, I still felt like they should, they should have me in the band. So mm-hmm. uh, one, of the guys, one of the guys in the band was, uh, that survived that crash, he was um, dating uh, my neighbor. And I saw him oh, across wow. the street. Yes, I saw him across the street with my neighbor. And I went over to him and I said, hey, you know, you... You guys, you know, I asked, were they going to still continue to have a band, you know, because of the accident and stuff? And he says, yes, we're going to, you know, it's going to take a few months, but we're going to put it back together. I said, well, you guys are going to need a bass player, and I, I'm really good. And he looked at me, he's like, man, you're a kid. You're like 15 years old. We can't, we travel all over the place. We, you know, go all the different states and cities and stuff every day. And you're 15. I said, I know, but my mama let me do it. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, was really just, I, was, I was promoting myself and guessing all at the same time. And so uh, I uh, kept, every time I see this guy for a little while, I kept asking him. And, and one day he got me an audition. He said, you know what? I'm sick of you bugging me. I'll talk to the guys. You know, you're a little young, but I'll, I'll just tell them. And I went over there for audition. I got the audition. I went in for the audition. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, uh, like, the Michael Jackson audition Motown video when he was, like, 12. <laughs> yes. and, uh-huh. and it's just like, oh, my God, this kid. Well, I, I did a version of that. 
with those guys. And after I left, yes, after I left out of there, they said, wow, this kid is too young, but we got to have him in our group. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So mom, persistence. Persistence, yeah. yeah. And, and my so mom that's, let me do it. Oh, she did. Well, you know what? It, it, uh, you know what? You bring up a good point, um, Charles, that I believe that you have to have family behind you that that is willing to to help out sometimes. Because, you know, yeah. I looked at my mom, how much she supported my endeavors, and I think that that's why I was so successful. Yeah. So congratulations to your mom. amazing, too. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also, Charles, I think another thing is the fact that you were, to Jay mentioned this, per, perse- you persevered. You got so many no's, but those no's were questions, right? And yes. um, a lot of young artists don't want to necessarily do that. I, they want to be entitled, right? Entitlement. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, actually, after that, we uh, when I graduated from high school, we came. Uh, they were going to move to LA because they were looking for bigger and better things. They had done so much stuff in the South. So we came to LA, and when we got to LA, we discovered very quickly that the money that we were making in Nashville. As a matter of fact, when I was 15 year, years old, playing with those guys, I was making three. $4,000 a week, you know, as a 15 year old, you know? And so that was kind That's of, good. my mom was, yeah, my mom was like, wow, I, I don't know what to say. His job is better than mine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so she let me, you know, let me do it. So the day after I graduated from, uh, from high school, I actually got on a plane, came out here to California to be with this, with this act called the endeavors and we did it for one year out here in california and then you know like i said all those cats were older and with wives and kids and stuff and they just looked at this as really a bad situation and i i I saw it the complete opposite of what they saw so when we went back because we broke up and moved back to nashville Mm -hmm. within six months i had put another group together which was ozone and okay. uh, and I told I, I I convinced at seventeen years old. Well, yeah, seventeen. I convinced at seventeen years old a bunch of guys that were older than me that if we go to L.A., we can make it. I'm telling you, I've already been and I know a guy. And because I did notice our manager that ended up being our manager, Skip Starkey, I knew him. And I said, I think he'll help us. And I actually got these all, all eight of these guys to believe in what I was saying. So we we uh, put the band together in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We um, had a club that allowed us to do a show. They We asked them, uh, could we have the money from the door? And we advertised all over the radio because I had put my Ozone band had was together by three of the best horn players in Nashville that was in a top group. And then I went out and got a percussionist from another club that was in a top group. And then my guitar player had just did a gig with Paul Hines uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably a week prior to me looking for, you know, to put this band together. He says, hey, man, I know this guy that played drums that I just met from Indiana a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And maybe you want to talk to him and and we all put it together. We did one rehearsal, and that first rehearsal was the most amazing musical, one of the most amazing musical experiences that I've ever had. I wish so I could have been there, because knowing yeah, both of you. sounded so cool. good for <laughs> no one to know each other. For mm. us not to never, we didn't prepare the song or anything. We just picked a song that we all thought we knew, which was a Parliament Funkadelic song. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Which and one was? Which one was it? It was. Uh, uh, which one was it? Uh, I was. I don't. I'm not sure about the actual name. Uh, I love Parliament uh, Funkadelic. Yeah, I know. It's like more than funky <laughs> so stuff. So it doesn't matter, Charles. Uh, they all are good. I would have been up there jumping up. up. More than funky stuff. I love it. Yeah, I don't know the name. That's cool. But we sounded so good when we played that. I remember when we we knew how to end it and everything. It was like when mm-hmm. we finished, we all looked at each other and was like, "Wow, so it was we meant have to something be. very special here." Yes, 
So then we found this club that would that allowed us to do one show, and um, and we booked the show. I think it was on like a Monday or Tuesday night, which is a real odd night to try to get people to come out to a club. Mm-hmm. But we had uh, gotten the radio stations to advertise it for us. And we only advertised, this only happened like within a couple of weeks, this all was. And uh, we, we did the rehearsal. I mean, we did the rehearsals and stuff. We went to the show. We were worried about the show because this was our one show. We were going to raise the money to be able to travel to California with the money. That's what we were doing the show for, is to uh-huh. get the money that it was going to take to get truck and gas and stuff to get to California. Right. And the show the show got ready to happen in the club and it rained like it never rained before. Oh, it was the most in unbelievable California. rain all day. Mm. So we knew we had a failure show. We said, mm. Well, that's the end of that. But we were there anyway. We kinda was a new group, so we hung out in the dressing room from after we sound checked at the club. We never came out of the dressing room until it was time to play. And when we came out of that dressing room, that club was packed beyond packed it was wow. people. it was so many people in that club it was ridiculous wow and yes we made a ton of money that night that <laughs> was plenty of money to have for us to have been able to come to, to la and the next week the, that next monday we loaded up the truck and moved to beverly which was on our way cool wow and, and so and then you went out. You went on to get into Motown as well, right? Yeah. And we came out okay. here, and our manager uh, got us uh, auditions and stuff. Actually, we were playing at a club out here in LA called the Century Twenty One. It mm-hmm. was a club that was on on Crenshaw and Century. It was right mm-hmm. on the corner, and it used to have a. The club was made where the stage was. Uh, uh, the, the big glass window was the outside of the club. You could see a glass window, and the stage was right there. So you could see the band from outside the club as you were driving by. Wow. Well, we we started that. We started playing in the club. We became house band in that club. Before we knew it, we had a, a line from the club all the way down Century to Crenshaw, all the way down Crenshaw to where the apartment starts, and that would be. From opening to closing, that line never disappeared. People wow, to get that's in. amazing. So, so, so our decided to bring Motown over there, to, you know, to to see to that. see you. Yeah. So how was it being? Me. So Charles, how was it being a Motown recording artist versus now? What are some of the the you know what are the relationships and things you have to build to do some of the music now it's a lot different right you yeah, don't have what anyone do you find so much different than before well you know what I, I think this has a lot to do with uh the quality also uh when we were coming up uh, it was a it was a major concern about uh whether a song was good i mean oh to get a song passed through it through motown you Believe me, so many people have heard it before it gets out. It's amazing. Uh, And so many people have worked on it. I mean, they have like, they'll have every writer in the company work on one song if it takes that. And today we don't have that. You know, everybody can do their own songs. They can uh, write their music at home uh, via computers. You know, computer play half the music without no one knowing anything about music, period. You know, so that has to make it a little different just right there. You know, you put mm-hmm. music together, but you know nothing about music. That's kind right. of strange. How, how do you do that? Yeah. How can, I, how can I know nothing about writing a song? I know nothing about any music, any chords or anything, but I can sit at my computer and write a song and put, a mu- and put music together for it. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? <laughs> So uh, to me, that's that's a version of uh, music, you know, being a little different. And I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think music is bad. I actually like a, a whole lot of it, uh, it's, and it's very unique. Um, but it's definitely different. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So, so we're so you mentioned earlier that a lot of the older artists, some of the Motown artists, some of the other, you know, artists. Um, 
uh, that used to be signed on to recording labels are kind of going out and, and doing shows and the people are still loving that type of music and they want it. What what is yeah. the what are you doing to get that happen and how are how are artists uh, coming back together? What's the process? Uh, well, uh, just like we're working on an album right now, and uh, there are companies out there that are looking for you know are willing to sign artists like you know ourselves. Uh, we're with Parliament Records, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, uh, because there is a market there, you know, it's just not, it's, it won't go away. And uh, thank you, Bruno Mars, but he, he, him him jumping in on our sound really helped. It totally, know, yeah. Put, yes, put, put life back on our music, you know. Totally. I know, I think it, show, it though, shows that there's still an interest in it. Yes, even though, like, you know, like even my daughter, I, you know, I came, I remember coming to her and said, oh, you got to hear this song. Oh my God, this song is unbelievable. And I, and I played it and I said, it's Bruno Mars' new song, thinking that she was going to feel the way I felt. And she was like, I don't know, Daddy, that sounds like y'all stuff. Uh, <laughs> she said, that sounds like your music. Uh, Bruno needs to do his music, you know? So she, she looked at that as a downer for Bruno, which mm-hmm. is you know, a little strange. She felt like he was doing our music, which she likes a lot. She loves, you know, our style of music. But she right. felt like he was, she felt like that was backwards for him as okay. opposed to an uplift. Yeah. So I guess I get that. And I, when I, you know, I run a recording studio, you guys know, and I mm-hmm. do a lot of rap, a lot of rappers and youngsters come in my studio and they kind of all have the same opinion about like Bruno's stuff. So it's, it's, a, little, it's a little strange. They, they don't hear it the way we hear it. We hear it as a savior. Wow, finally, about time, somebody, you know, because we can hear right. the live instruments. We hear right. the musicianship in that song. Well, you that's, know? that's interesting. That's kind of how one of the, kind of the generational perspective comes in and, and also just different opinions, right? Because uh, I know yeah. my, even my granddaughter, who's um, 14, loves uh, the old school music. I mean, oh my she, God, she's so she's funny. She's into the funk, She really feels Earth, like she's been, yeah, she's been born in the wrong yes. time. Yes. And yeah. she'll mention it. So I just think, I think, and I think that's the thing about now. I think we have more choices in, in, in a lot of different things. I think we did then, but I think um, a lot of things were segmented. And, and um, But I think we yeah. have more choices. So, yeah. so uh, there's a song that we have that we wanted to cue up. Can you read that? Jiggle it. Jiggle it. Jiggle it, yes. Uh-huh. So we're going to play that. And then I want you to tell us what you think about uh, how 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 it inspires you after this short break? Uh, so we'll be right back, Charles. All right, thank you.
For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. I have our special guest and friend, the Bass King, Charles Glenn on. Hello, Charles again. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> we were just listening oh, to Jiggle. good. We were jamming over here. We were jamming here. in the box. Sometimes yeah, we were I was jamming here too. <laughs> <laughs> so people could see us jamming in the background. We get scared. We get a little too into the music, probably. Yeah. So uh, Charles, uh, jiggle it. What, tell me what inspired that song. Uh, actually, Tina Marie wrote that song. Oh. Wow. And, yes, and at the time. Um, at the time we were putting that song together, you know, a lot of songs were out about gigolos, right? So uh, we, yeah, about, you know, how gigolos, I think O'Brien had a song called Gigolo, and everybody was talking about gigolos at the time. And uh, we was like, well, why come, how come we're the only thing that are, you know, out there being weird? Guys, how come there's no girls, you know, there's girls, there's gigolettes. Right. So, mm-hmm. that's, 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 cool. That's a good background on that one. Yeah. So one of the things I know, Charleston, I want to hear about, you know, I want the listeners to know where we can, um, what, what you're doing and where they can find you. But one of the things I know that Ozone is a very international group. A lot of times I know that a lot of your music was played overseas and you, I think you even won some awards, right? Based yeah. on some. Mm-hmm. So tell tell us how do you tra- how do you get into that market? I mean, what what? Yeah, how did you get um, you know international? Well, well, fortunately, we were blessed, and we were with uh, Motown Records, and that's uh-huh. you know, uh, definitely uh, one of the top dogs of the industry. And uh, um, I don't know, I, uh, our music was it's, our, our music was very popular overseas. Uh, I don't know, you know, so, when I used to travel, when I used to travel overseas, I would notice that uh, they they love all kind of music. I mean, those people they really love music. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, they are like big supporters of like the music, though. They not 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 the fad of it. You know what I'm saying? Not where not because it's, it's everybody like every, you know. I notice Europeans really decide on themselves. This is what I like. And they support it. I mean, even when I was when I play with Little Richard, you know, I look at his fan base, and and you know, these are people that are are like to see a, a kid come to a Little Richard concert and treat him as if he's like Richard just came out, you know. And this is the mm-hmm. guy who right. was out in the fifties. This kid. I, come on, I hardly even know who Richard is, and I work with him, you know what I mean? I got this little kid, he's dressed like Richard, and, you know, That's he knows the songs. And yeah. like that. So, you know, they're, like, really into uh, American music overseas. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was Motown's, Motown's big thought. But we big got really, really big. I know we used to have big posters over there, and and um, now uh, we still sell records over there. I noticed our records keep getting re-released. Overseas, so hey, good. So, um, Mr. Charles, so if there are some people out there right now that are trying to get to the level of what you've experienced, what would be some like three things that you would give them as advice? Uh, first advice patience. Uh, I remember that advice given to me. (laughs) Well, Estelle, you said you said it earlier. Uh, We could accept a no. A no meant yes to us. A no meant okay, you were the wrong person. I need to keep Mm -hmm. going higher than you. You A no would a no was encouragement. It was. uh, We we didn't we didn't really look for things to be easy. Okay, so so a no wasn't such a hurtful thing for us. Today's uh, generation, you guys, that no doesn't mean no. That no means push harder. You know, these guys, uh, they get a, they, they get one no, and that's it. We're doing something else. I, I knew this was going to be garbage. See, I told you. You know, they, they really take that attitude. But no, right. no is sometimes is the best answer you can get. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, 
And no, you'll learn it's also taught by Gwen Gordy to me. No, a lot of times it's probably the best answer you'll give a lot of times too. So, right. Not yes, only getting a no, giving a no is a no is a, a fantastic word. Really is, is. No one, and there's a whole uh, lesson on the power of no, because there's yes. power in that, you know, and young kids yeah. need to understand that. Yes, they do. There's mm-hmm. a, a lot of power in the word no. Uh, I, it's funny you say that because when I was, you know, uh, when I when I did get signed with Motown, I was still underage. I was mm-hmm. the only underage guy in the band, so I always had to be looked after or whatever. And Gwen Gordy kind of took took uh, took me in as you know a son kind of. And I used to sit with her every day or every night or every morning or whatever. And uh, she would teach. No, that that was her. I was something that she spent time with me, and she would make me say it. It was kind of weird, you know. But I was, you know, <laughs> wow! So but she, she saw that. Yeah, she would sit me in her closet, which her closet was like you know most people's uh, di- dining room. I mean, den or something. But uh, uh, she would sit me in her closet, and she would say, "I need you to say this with me." say it and oh she'd make me form my mouth in a certain way say no no you have to look a certain way when you say it oh she taught me how to look (laughs) no yeah well if you you think about it well back then they're gonna try to take advantage well still nowadays i think you know yeah yeah at a young age and they and you need to understand how to protect yourself and say yeah yeah that's great you know, I've heard that but, before about how uh, the Gordys, uh, they took, uh, Barry and, all, and his family took care of the young artists in Motown. It was like a family. Yes, it was definitely a family. Oh, we we uh, <laughs> always had like cookouts and baseball games and, and all the groups had teams. You know, well, Ozone would have a team. The Jackson 5 would have a team. Uh, Rick James guys would have a team. Uh, oh, it was, you know, and we would we would do fun stuff like that. We'd go out to the park in the casino and stuff like that, and and we'd have play games. Or uh, when we travel on the road, uh, uh, we'd end up playing baseball games with like Lou Rawls camp of team, you know, of musicians and stuff like that. Oh, it was awesome. The community, and that, and you know, do the you think was, yeah. Charles? Do you think that I don't think that the industry is like that anymore? No, nothing. Like it's that. not. I, I mean, just in the times yeah. I'm in the studio with different friends and and been in there myself. Aside from y'all, but y'all were like family because of you know Paul and you. But it's um it's definitely different um the way studios are run now. It's not the love and the um it's it's more of the um well it's very uh, electronic electronic and also about the dollar how yeah. how much can you generate um yeah and, and time yeah. yeah. So, um, well, good. So tell us about what's coming up. I know we have a little bit more time, but about five or so minutes. I want to know what you're doing, where people can find you, what what's your schedule. Yeah, next your you next know, show so we can get where, that out there. Where they people. can buy the music. I know we have Strut My Thing is the last one we're going to play. So you listen in when we, when we let you go because we're going to play Strut My Thing. But let us know about what you're doing and, and where they can find you. Okay, well, we're doing a show Saturday, uh, not Saturday, tomorrow. But Saturday next, uh, the 3rd of uh, June, uh, we'll be in Oxnard, California at, uh, I'm actually trying to quickly look it up. I'm not sure about the name of the club. But we're in Oxnard, California with Sherelle and uh, the group Surface. Nice. Uh, uh, I'm trying to see if I can get the name of the place real quick here. But that's, uh, that's what we can also put it on. And we can also put it on our website for you if you don't oh, have it right, yeah. readily available. You just let us know. But it's called the Saturday. It's called the Saturday Love Jam. And, nice. And uh, uh, it actually, I actually have the address, and that is two one two East Eighteenth Street, Bakersfield, California. No, that's the wrong place. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> sorry. It's called Casa Lopez. Is the name of the place, and it's 325 okay. South, South A Street in Oxnard, California. So if you want to check us out, I got a few people that's a lot of actually a lot of people that's saying they're going to drive up to Oxnard because it's like, oh, that's our chance to see you guys again. So we're coming up, and it's my new version of Ozone. So I do have 
uh, uh, original member uh, uh, in the group with me, but I, at the same time, uh, I have new members. And I got uh, one of my guys in the group who used to be a one of Parliament Funkadelic. Now he's with me. Another nice. guy in the group uh, used to be with the Isaac Brothers. Now he's with me. So it's some, some real good talent out there with me. And and I have a, a, a female in the group now that uh, she does like the Tina Marie stuff because we do a Tina Marie medley in the show. Nice. You know, cool. A lot of the stuff that we've done, you know, uh, coming up. Because Ozone was like uh, the 80s Funk Brothers. We played behind a lot of Motown acts also. We mm-hmm. did a lot of other people's records besides ours. We did Ozone. Yeah. We did Tina Marie. We did DeBarge. We did High Energy. We did uh, 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 Bobby Nunn. She's just a groupie. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you know a lot of people don't. Artists. Charles, what you're, what you're saying, a lot of people don't realize the talent behind the artists. The, the, they the, don't. The, the musicians behind, that are such yeah. so powerful, they made the artists. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's amazing. Hey, when are you going to be out in our area? We're in Marietta, Temecula. When are yeah, you going to be out going, in our area? You need to get in Pechanga. We moved out here, by the way. So we're, we're, <laughs> no, like, we're near you now. That's right. So we're uh, we're working on that. Actually, uh, uh, we were supposed to be on the the Funk Fest that's in June tenth uh, in Costa Mesa, actually at oh, the Orange County Fairgrounds. But uh, but we're not on that show this year. We did it last year. I, we were gonna be on it this year, but we couldn't couldn't organize it. So we we passed on that and we're moving on. But uh, I'm working well, on something out your way. Send us some dates and times. We'll advertise it for you. And uh, yeah. it was great, great talking to you. And and you know, we'll get the maybe we'll get the band on, and, and they can give a perspective too yeah, next we'll, time. Get to all of you. Awesome. Okay, yeah, we'll, awesome. we'll keep in touch. And thanks so much, Charles. Thank Take you, care Charles. of yourself. Okay, it's and listen to, to your voice. song. Right, thank you st- for having me. Oh, strap my thanks coming out right now. All right. Awesome. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. Well, that was amazing. It's it's cool to to hear everything that Charles is doing. Oh, oh my God, he's you know, Charles, we we personally know Charles, and he's a great, great guy. Um, his wife and his family, wonderful, wonderful people. I'm just excited that he's getting out there and doing. Things. You know, so many people are in the music industry, and sometimes for the wrong. It's just like with every profession. He loves what he's doing, and, and, and he's good at what he's doing. When he says he got that audition at 14 or whatever, and the, and the people watching him playing the drums, I totally believe it. Because he's do. a performer. He is. I mean, I mean, man can play the bass. Can, I need yeah. to ask him, too, one day about Nat, because she's really into the, the who, bass. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, so it's good. So. That's really cool. I, I, you know, it's funny. You can know somebody very you know well, because, you know, him and – him and um, our friend Paul were, you know, kind of like father figures in the sense, and they were just, you know, guiding me while I was doing music. And it just shows how hearing the, the details of their story just puts a different perspective on people. Mm-hmm. Makes you get like, wow, they're amazing. Yeah, we're so gonna it's really cool. Keep him on our thoughts and prayers so he can make it and get, get, get international too and get over right. there and make some more. So there's a time where we kind of get ready toward the end of the show to talk about, you know, how to be a little bit more mindful. Right. And, and, uh, today, Jay, I know you're the visionary mm-hmm. and I don't, I wonder what thought you would like to leave our audience with today. You know, for me, I think that, you know, we've been talking about the rebirth of, of ourselves. And I think that that would be a wonderful thing to think about the rebirth of ourselves. I think so. I love that. I love rebirth, reinvent, re, yes, rebirth, because um, we all have gone through the birth process and, and you're, you are carrying something that will be birthed oh, yeah. soon. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we, we never um, think about. And don't about, be scared of the fear. Don't, and don't you know, be scared so, of the fear. You know, just, and you don't know. say no. Well, say no. Say I mean, no. don't say, don't be afraid to say no and don't be afraid to challenge the no is what yes. I mean. Yes. Yes. Don't yes. be afraid to challenge you now. All right. Well, thank you today for day uh, today for listening in on our show. Uh, we are so excited to have Charles, and we're going to have the band back, so you get to hear more of what they're doing. And for more information on Charles Glenn, the Bass King, you can go to our website and you can hear some things that he's doing. Yes, we'll put all the information. Again, they're having a show on June 3rd in Oxnard, so check out our site, strategicladies.com. 
and it'll give you a little bit more information. We'll have that on there. And also listen to our podcast, please, because our podcast will have Charles. You get to hear him again, listen in on the shows. So, yeah, share it around to everybody. You always can reach us at write the number two at strategicladies.com. Again, write or W R I T E the number two at strategicladies.com. And you can always, always call us here at Interlight Radio. We'll see you guys next week, Friday at 11 a.m. Take care. Have a great day and listen to Strut Your Strut My Thing by Charles Glenn and his band. Bye, you guys. For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency.